Let's take our Bibles together to the book of Isaiah. Well, I'm going to talk about something that's interesting here, I think, to me. You know, God's creation has got a lot of lessons in it. And, of course, the heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament shows His handiwork. But in everything that God made, there's usually some kind of lesson to be learned by it. And there are three passages that talk about a creature that God made. And it's a rather disgusting creature. But that creature has a purpose. And in Isaiah chapter 7, is where we'll start reading, verse number 17, the Bible says, The Lord shall bring upon thee and upon thy people and upon thy father's house days that have not come from the day that Ephraim departed from Judah, even the king of Assyria. And it came... And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall hiss for the fly that is in the uttermost part of the rivers of Egypt and for the bee that is in the land of Assyria. And they shall come and shall rest all of them in the desolate valleys and in the holes of the rocks and upon all thorns and upon all bushes. This, this is a, a description of God's declared judgment that is to come. And, you know, when God wants to judge someone, he doesn't have to really do a big work. He can use little things to judge. This passage of Scripture says he'll call, he'll, excuse me, verse number 15, he'll hiss for the fly and for the bee. You know, it's amazing how God drove out those Canaanites. It wasn't just Joshua that drove them out. God drove them out. God drove them out with bees. Well, isn't that something that God could send hailstones down and destroy an army more than Joshua could destroy them? And God could send bees and chase people? Just a little old bee. You ever seen what a little bee or a little wasp or a little hornet would do to a big old man? You know, what I'm trying to say is it doesn't take God, it doesn't take a lot for God to touch things and judge things and change things. He didn't have to do big things. He just has to do little things. Now, we understand what bees do. But he says he would hiss for the fly. So just for a few moments, I want to talk about flies. Talk about flies. Three texts in the Bible talk about flies, really. Let me give you some fly facts. God used the fly for judgment. That's that's what's going on here in Isaiah chapter 7 with a small thing. There are 100,000 different variety of flies. That's a lot. The gnat is in that family. The mosquito is in that family. I hate flies. I despise them. I, I, I would eradicate all of them if I could, but they're probably left around here for the judgment of God upon Because <laughs> he's going to call for them here, the fly. A fly has, of course, many colors. They come in all shapes and varieties. A fly can fly four and a half miles an hour. That's why it's hard to catch them sometimes. A fly is called the most dangerous pest known to man. Did you know that? A fly, the most dangerous pest. Now, we call them a pest because nobody wants them around. They're a pest. But their danger comes from is they carry germs and disease. 
that little thing can carry malaria. That fly can carry typhoid or it can even carry anthrax. It can carry things that will bring dysentery to people and even kill them in that regard. Flies. They have 8,000, usually about 8,000 lenses in their eyes. 8,000, that means they, they can see, have a lot, of, but they just really see movement. They don't have sharp vision. Their two antennas help them find food, but how they find food is very disgusting because they only eat, their food is only liquid, uh, blood or rotted juices found in the garbage. And they have saliva in their, their they have saliva ducts and they spit on substances. And that dissolves what they suck back up through this tube, and that's how they eat. Flies are disgusting. You say, why are you talking about it? Because the verses that I'm going to read, it's important because, you know what, what's true? We let a lot of disgusting things in our lives. So the next time you think it's no big deal for you to eat that which the fly lit on, Just know that that fly probably threw up on whatever that is. And then sucked it back up its mouth. Yeah. It's disgusting. What about fly babies? What's a baby fly? It's a maggot. And... I don't know anybody, when you use the word baby, everybody has a tender spot in their heart. But when you have use the word maggot, you know, there's really. And there's none of us that have not gone to the garbage can and opened it up and almost lost breakfast because of the odor of the, mag, the maggots that were, those are just fly babies. You know what God calls those little worms or those maggots that, comes from flies. He likens that unto to man. In Job chapter 25, verse 6, he talks about us being a worm. Matter of fact, Jesus himself referred to himself in Psalm 22. He became a worm for us. A maggot's just a worm. Of course, people that are in hell, one of the most disgusting things about hell is the Bible says that those people that are in hell, their body is described as having a worm attached to it, where their worm dieth not, and, their, and the fire is not quenched. Almost like a maggot situation. Now, the most famous story about flies is in Exodus chapter 8. Would you turn over there with me? Yeah, flies are disgusting. They are. And those evil devils that fly around to bring disease and putrefaction to humanity, those evil devils, I mean, they can fly in from anywhere and bring their 
bring their rottenness with them, bring their disgusting things. And usually we're trying to swat them away or, of course, I have such a hatred for flies. I used to years and years ago. I was so uh, diabolical with flies. I loved to catch them in the windowsill. I would raise the window up, you know, because they're attracted to light. So you raise the window and the flies will go to the window. And then I'd shut the window and still watch them die, you know. <laughs> I hate flies. They're nasty. I hate mosquitoes. I don't, I don't want to be around mosquitoes. You know, if we really thought the things that God thinks are disgusting were as disgusting to us as just some of the normal things in life, we would probably stay away from it. In Exodus chapter 8, God comes to Pharaoh through Moses and he says this in Exodus 8 verse number 20. And the Lord said unto Moses, Rise up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh. Lo, he cometh forth to the water and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Let my people go that they may serve me. Else if thou wilt not let my people go, behold, I will send swarms of flies upon thee. And upon thy servants, and upon thy people, and into thy houses, and the houses of the Egyptians shall be full of swarms of flies, and also the ground whereon they are. The judgment of God on Pharaoh in Egypt because... When God's people aren't allowed to serve Him or cannot or do not serve Him, that makes room for the flies to come. You know the inactivity of God's people is a good recipe for rottenness in society. Do I need to say that again? You know, if you just let stuff sit on the counter, flies will get after it. If you just let things stay stagnant, you know what Pharaoh didn't want God's people to do? He didn't want, him, he didn't want them active. He didn't want them serving. He didn't want them busy. There's some, you know, if, if the table is busy and everything's moving around real fast, there, there's not time for the fly to light on the food. But when the people aren't allowed to serve and they have to sit there and they're under control or, or they're not engaged, And what they're supposed to be engaged in. It makes a good recipe for the flies to come in. And when he sent the flies, notice he didn't just send them into the land of Egypt. But the Bible says in verse 21, I will send swarms of flies upon thee and upon thy servants and upon thy people and into thy houses. And the houses of the Egyptians shall be full of swarms of flies and also the ground. Can you imagine your house full of flies, full of mosquitoes, full of gnats? Those little devils just filling up every corner of everything you're trying to do. You go to the bedroom and your bedroom's full of them. You go to the kitchen to make food and the the kitchen's full of them. You try to sit down and relax and get in your easy chair and your living room is full of them. Flies everywhere and they're bringing their germs and they're bringing their, their preparation for their maggots and the rot that they want to, to spread in the houses. I would ask you to be careful 
to not let the flies in your house. I'd ask you to be careful to not let those little devils in your house that come in to spread their germs in your brain and in your children and in your life. Oh, it's just a little fly. It's just a, it's just a little fly. No big deal. Yeah, malaria is a big deal. And typhoid is a big deal. And dysentery is a big deal. I'll never forget what that missionary said. Y'all know the difference between diarrhea and dysentery? That missionary stood up in my church and said that at that time years and years ago. He said about 30 seconds. <laughs> I never forgot that. You know, you can, get, you can get so sick from some germs, you lose control of everything. Do you know that's what the devilish things of life want to fly in and do to your heart and to your life and to your family? To where everything, there's no, there's no control. There's no decency. There's no cleanliness. Now, I'm not paranoid. I know flies exist, but I, I, I want to get them out. And if you know that there, there's something rotten in your house, you, rotten in your life, you ought, you ought to get it out. And here, the judgment of God was coming into the houses of Pharaoh and the houses of, of the Egyptians. And the Bible said at the end of verse 21, and also the ground where on they are. They didn't just, these flies didn't just make the houses defiled. Look at verse 24. Exodus 8, 24. And the Lord did so, and there came a grievous swarm of flies into the house of Pharaoh. You know, I bet when God told Pharaoh, I'm going to judge you with flies, he probably didn't think that was a very big deal. He changed his mind by the time it was over. The Lord did so, and there came a grievous, grievous swarm of flies in the house of Pharaoh. And to all his servants' houses and into all the land of Egypt. Watch it, watch it. And the land was corrupted by reason of the swarm of flies. They corrupted the land. The land is filthy. The land is rotten. The land is spoiled. Everything in the land is ruined by these flies. Can't you see those little devils all buzzing around, ruining our land and ruining our, ruining our country and ruining our society? Somebody needs to be on a fly-killing mission. Yeah. You say, well, how can we kill all the flies? You know the great thing about this story? With all the flies, they weren't in the houses of God's people. Isn't that a great thing? Look, look at your Bible. He says here in verse number 22. <coughs> excuse me. Verse 22. And I will sever in that day the land of Goshen in which my people dwell that no swarms of flies shall be there. To the end thou mayest know that I am the Lord in the midst of the earth. Look at verse 23. And I will put a division between my people and thy people. Tomorrow shall this sign be. 
You know what would happen to me if I was an Egyptian? I'd say, I'm going to go live over there. I'm not, isn't it so strange though? It doesn't matter how bad the life gets. It doesn't matter how miserable it is. It doesn't matter how broken people are. It doesn't matter how much judgment of God comes in their life. They still don't want to go over to the land of Goshen. They want to be the same judged Egyptians that they are. Instead of looking at all their stuff that's ruined and looking at the blessing of God on His people and saying, Hey, I'm going over there. I don't find, I don't find anybody that makes that move. Mm. You know a good way to make sure that the flies don't fill your house and fill your life? Stay in the land of Goshen. Keep the division. Do you see that in the Bible? I will divide. Now, can can you imagine anybody over in in Israel, in the land of Goshen, that were of Israel, looking over there and all those flies and saying, boy, I want to go stay over there a few weeks. Now, what we talked about, the disgusting nature of flies. Look, mosquitoes really like me. I don't know what it is. But but if if I just went outside in a mosquito-prone area... I could come in with hundreds of bites. Now, that's why I'm going to wear long sleeves. I'll put some on. I really am not going to stay out there very long, or I'm going to be in an area where it's enclosed, because I hate those kind of flies. Now, how dumb would I be to go sit down in a mosquito-prone area and just let them suck my blood all day? Wouldn't that be stupid? Do you know that's what saved people do? They go to the world... They go to the flesh. They go to people that don't know God. That, that They're not Bible readers. They're not church lovers. They're not praying people. They go to the people of this world that have not a clue who God is. And they spend time with them. And they just get, they just get their blood sucked. No. There needs to be a division. The flies are over there. But the flies aren't over here. Amen. Aren't you glad... You can come to church tonight and you're not going to hear any F-bombs. Amen. You know why? The, the, the flies aren't here. Amen. Aren't you glad you can come to church tonight and you're not going to see some half-naked woman walk in? Right? Why? Because the flies aren't here. Aren't you glad you can come into church and, and you don't see, you better not see, two people just fussing and arguing and fighting and having all this bad attitude? You, you know why? Because this is not where the flies are supposed to be. Right. And there needs to be that separation, that division. Now, this is what happens with Pharaoh, because I've got to get to the last one before we get to our master club. So in chapter 8, Moses says, after this, look at verse 25. And Pharaoh called for Moses and for Aaron and said, Go ye, sacrifice to God, to your God in the land. (coughs) And Moses said, It is not meet so to do, for we shall sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians to the Lord our God. Lo, we shall sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians before their eyes, and will they not stone us? We will go... Three days journey in the wilderness and sacrifice to the Lord our God. 
as he shall command us. Now watch it. Pharaoh told him to sacrifice to the Lord in the land. Do you see that? Well, the land was where the flies was. No, no we're not going to sacrifice where the flies are. We're going to put you behind us three days. Three days journey. You know, that reminds us of, of a resurrection, doesn't it? In other words, you need to be dead to us. We need to have a new life. We're going, we're going, to, get, we're going to leave the place of these flies. And we're going to go to God and give God what He deserves and what's holy to Him. Not in the land of all these flies. No, we're not going to do that. Verse 28, And Pharaoh said, I will let you go, that you may sacrifice the Lord your God in the wilderness, only you should not go very far away. See, that's what the world, that, that's the plea of the world. Hey, go to church, but don't go very far away from the flies. Don't get too far out there. Don't be too radical a Christian. In other words, you need a few flies on you too. And you can't run with dogs with fleas without what? That's, I'm sure that's another kind of fly. Right. Don't go very far away. Verse 29, Moses said, Behold, I will go out from thee, and I will treat, entreat the Lord that the swarm of flies may depart from Pharaoh, from his servants, and from his people tomorrow. I like Moses. Moses said, I'll let you live with him one more day. You know why I think he said that? Because that last, <laughs> that last time over there in chapter 8 when he asked Pharaoh, when do you want the frogs to leave? He said, tomorrow. That's the dumbest thing you ever read in the Bible. You got dead stinking frogs everywhere and he wants them, that famous, that famous song or message, whatever, one more night with the frogs. Oh, I just got to have one more night with them. When do you want them to leave? Anybody with a brain say, I want them to go now. But that's people with their sin. They don't want to leave it now. They want to hold on to it one more night. And so you got stinking frogs everywhere. You got stinking flies everywhere. And Moses said, all right, I'll let you have them one more night. You can enjoy the stench. And can you imagine that must have smelled? They got dead fish and dead frogs and dead lice and dead flies. And I have a sensitive nose. I bet you could smell Egypt two miles away. You could smell your garbage can before, way before you get to it. If it's, if it's open, it's got maggots in it. You know, somebody needs to pour some bleach down that sucker. Somebody needs to get rid of all of that putrefaction. Get away from it. He said, all right, we'll let it go tomorrow. And what did he do? Just like people do that don't want to get right with God. The Bible says that, verse 32, that Pharaoh hardened his heart. I love verse 31. The Lord did according to the word of Moses, and he removed the swarm of flies from Pharaoh, from his servants, and from his people. Watch this now. Watch God's word. There remained not one. You know how big of a miracle that is? 
there's going to be one by accident. You just saw, read about the power of God. There wasn't one fly in all the land of Egypt. And God can do that for any sinner. And I know it's a miracle, but he's got the power to do it. Because he had the power to send them. He's got the power to take them away. Last text, Ecclesiastes chapter 10. Isaiah talks about God hissing for the fly for judgment. Exodus chapter 9, the sending of the fly in Egypt. And the separation that should be there between them and the children of God. And then lastly, Ecclesiastes chapter 10. Verse 1, dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. So doth a little folly him that is in reputation for wisdom and honor. You know, a fly is such a little thing, but can make such a big mess. A fly is such a little thing, but can bring forth such stinking rottenness. Just a little fly. And he says a person that is in reputation of, of, for wisdom and honor can be ruined by a little folly. Just a little fly. Just a little devil in their life. As he says, it's the little foxes. In Song of Solomon, that spoil the vines of little things. As the New Testament says, it's a little leaven that leavens the whole lump. You know, a fly is such a small thing. How can it be responsible for, for the deaths of so many people in the world through all the disease that it spreads? It's just a little thing. Ah, oh, it's just a I bet probably the next time you see that little fly on your sandwich, it won't be such a little thing. You'll be getting a bigger picture of what that fly is doing there. I'm saying the little things in our lives are what gets us. It's the little things in our lives that we let go that bring forth the stench. It's not the big sins that spoil us. It's the little things that we don't keep short accounts with God over. That hasty word, that temper, that attitude, that slip up that we excuse ourselves with. That's why strictness is important in the Christian life. For you to be strict on yourself. You know why? You don't want the fly to get in the ointment. I thought about that ointment. You know, he says the ointment of the apothecary. Now, the apothecary, the, the druggist, the, the healer, the doctor. You know, the Bible talks about that ointment of healing in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 6, and, and, and that balm of Gilead and how many times ointment can be used to heal. Well, you don't want to take that healing ointment and let something that is disgusting and germ-filled into the very thing that would have brought healing in your life. You know, look. The devil's not trying to just totally steal away your church and steal away your Bible. And 
He's just trying to stick a fly in it. So that the healing ointment is not as effective and pure in your life. There's something contaminated in it. I thought about that ointment of holiness. He said in Exodus 30 verse 25 how they made that holy anointing oil. And he calls it an ointment. And our personal holiness. Look, the devil's not trying to get you probably to be a meth addict. He just wants to put a fly in your holiness. Just a little fly into your ointment of holiness. I thought about our unity. He talks about that precious ointment and that oil that ran down Aaron's beard. And of course, that's the sweetness of the unity of the people of God. Psalm 133 verse 2. You know, those devils aren't going to try to have, for one day we just get up and have a big church fight. You know, this side's throwing rocks at this side and everybody's throwing hymn books. No, he's just trying to get a fly in the unity. Just a fly in the ointment. So it's not like we read about that people of God in the book of Nehemiah as one man. He wants that one fly in that unity. He talks about the sweetness of a man's friend being an ointment in Proverbs 27, 9. And what those devils will try to do in your heart is to bring a little fly in the sweetness of your attitude, in the sweetness of your spirit, and the sweetness of your heart. You know, I thought the last thing I thought about that ointment, you know, in Matthew 26, a woman came and brought ointment to worship Jesus with. Called it ointment, the precious ointment. She's going to worship and praise the Lord with. And what, what the devils would try to do and what the flesh would try to do was somehow in the midst of that praise to stick a fly in that ointment of praise and stick a fly in that ointment of worship and somewhere in there for it to be about me instead of it to be about God. Just a little fly in there. And instead of me singing from my heart, I'd have a different motive. Instead of me praising God or worshiping God with a true spirit, just a little fly in it. Let's, let's get the flies out. Amen. You know what's great about it? We don't have any flies flying around in here. I like that. And when I go to my, when I go to my, my bedroom tonight and lay down... You know what's going to be a blessing? To know there's no flies in my house. There's no flies in my bedroom. And I don't want them to be in my heart. And I don't want them to be in my mind. I don't want them to be in my family. 